You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Are you on? I think so. You are on. Testing. Testing. You are on. How's this iron, everybody? I tried to All mimic right. his accent. All right. Today we'll be in John 12, 20 to 36. I would just like to say it is such a blessing I didn't have to sing or all these TVs you see around you and PJ's glasses would have shattered. <laughs> all right. And there were certain Greeks among, among them that came up to worship at the feast. The same came therefore to Philip, which was of Bethsaida of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. Philip cometh and telleth Andrew, and again Andrew and Philip tell Jesus, and Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man, Jesus, should be glorified. When it says the hour has come, the Bible is talking about Jesus Christ, the Son of Man, being crucified. Jesus and his love is spoken of in Daniel and every other book in the Bible. It's not hard to find. Through Jesus' death, all of humanity gained the opportunity to have our sin washed away in his blood. Romans 3, 23-24 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. We just have to accept that free gift. John 12, 24 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. As Christians, we need to die to ourselves, meaning our old nature, the old nature that separates us from God. But in accepting the free gift of salvation, we become a new creature in Christ. Paul explains it much better in 2 Corinthians 5, 15-17. And that he died for all, that they which live, live meaning the people who have accepted salvation through Jesus Christ, should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again, Jesus who in dying and rising again was glorified. Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh, yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now, henceforth, excuse me, pages, Oops. know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Dr. Seuss has been preparing me for that verse for a long time. I just finished Cat in the Hat yesterday. In becoming a new creature, we are covered from our sins, our past, everything by the blood of Jesus. But with that salvation comes a new responsibility, a new purpose, and a new mission. In basic terms, do whatever God tells you to do. And if he doesn't tell you to do it, don't do it. It's pretty simple, really. I'm greatly exaggerating the ease of doing so. Um, Jesus went... 33 years without sinning, and I can't go 33 minutes. <laughs> through sickness, through pain, through anxiety, all of it, he lived a perfect life. Amen. He experienced all of the struggle of being a man with the power of God. He faced hell on earth at the cross. Could have stopped it like that and decided not to because if he did, then he couldn't spend forever with us. Oh, then Jesus said, Unto him, put up thy again thy sword into his place, for all have for all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. 
Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my Father, and he shall presently give me more than twelve legions of angels? But how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled? That thus it must be. Matthew 26, 52 to 54. Um, for some context, um, uh, one angel, I think it was two actually, messed up a lot of soldiers. How much is a legion, PJ? A lot. A lot. You heard it there first, folks. <laughs> Sometimes I struggle to even know what is a sin and what isn't. I struggle to know what God wants me to do. Sometimes I even struggle to pray and to even think about God. But that's why it's important to get in the Word. God told you everything you need to know and gave you all the wisdom you need thousands of years ago. John twelve twenty five to 28. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me in it. And where I am, there also shall my servant be. If any man serve me, whom will my father honor? Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this cause came I unto this hour. Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven, saying, I have both glorified it, and Jesus' obedient life. He was sinless. That's what that means. And will glorify it again in Jesus' obedient death. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. John 3, 16. John 12, 29-32 says, The people therefore that stood by and heard it said that it thundered. Others said an angel spake to him. Jesus answered and said, This voice came not because of me but for your sakes. Now is the judgment of this world, and now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And I, if I be lifted from the earth, will draw all men unto me. In God's judgment, the devil, the prince of this world, will be cast out, and Jesus will be lifted up, literally and figuratively. Humanity will have the opportunity to follow him into heaven. When I was reading this prior to studying these verses, I thought that Jesus was the prince of this world. But as PJ said a few weeks ago, it was Adam, and this is shown in Genesis 1:26. And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. But he gave up his dominion to the devil when he sinned, and death entered into the world. But soon the devil will be cast into the lake of fire. Revelation 20:10. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. But even sooner, the church will be beamed up, as I like to call the rapture. And I have a good feeling that the government and all these other people are going to say it's aliens. That's my guess. Calling it now. <laughs> Jesus 12, nope, John 12, 33 to 36 I wasn't all that wrong when I said Jesus 12. <laughs> this he said, signifying what death he should die. The people answered him, saying, We have heard out of the law that Christ abideth forever. And how sayest thou, the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is the Son of Man? Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while ye have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh not in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. While ye have the light, believe in the light, that ye may be children of the light. These things spake Jesus, and departed, and hid himself from him. 
In other words, he meandered and skedaddled off and left him to think about, pondering what he said. Jesus is the light, and while he isn't the world, in the world physically, he is here. Through us, the Holy Spirit lives in our world and in our hearts once we're saved. John 20, 21 to 23 says, Then Jesus spake to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father hath sent me, even so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them, and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. This is going to be out of the left field, but if you know me, ADHD is a struggle. So the sun, the moon, and the earth, it'll make sense in a little bit, I hope. That's what the point is. For those of you who aren't astronomy majors, like myself, you can't see the sun at night. But at night, when you look up, the moon looks, looks like it's glowing. It has no natural light of its own. It is simply reflecting the light of the sun. That is exactly what we're supposed to do as Christians. Right. Matthew 5, 14, 16 says, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. I'd just like to say, I'm so, I love the verse where it's like preachers are nothing but rambling fools without God because, look, takes all the, yeah. If I mess up up here, it's in God's will. So I can say that I did it on purpose. In this analogy, we're the moon. Once we're saved and have accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit dwells in our hearts. And it is our responsibility to feed the Holy Spirit by praying and reading the Word. Then let the Holy Spirit use us to point to God and Jesus, who is also God. I'm sure PJ would love to explain the Trinity. It's so confusing. Compared to the analogy with the sun and the moon, that would be the moon gaining the lumens from the sun, then to reflect the light of the sun slash sun, S-O-N, unto this world. In the beginning, the light of, or in being the light of this world, there are three things we have to do. Number one, it is our responsibility to share the true gospel. Matthew 28, 19-20 says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, baptizing them in this meaning, baptism of the heart, as seen in Colossians 2, 12, buried with him in baptism, wherein also we are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead, back to Matthew 28, and the Son of the Holy and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Punctuation killed me in high school. It was bad. <laughs> in Mark 16, 15, the Bible says, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. I want to emphasize creature for this next clip. Um, he, he got the point. It's pretty funny. It's funnier when it has sound. 
Excuse me, sir. Excuse me. Do you have time to talk about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Hey, don't run from the Lord. Excuse me, sir. I've watched that a lot. <laughs> Number two, it is our responsibility to be the voice for Christ. Cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgression, the house of Jacob their sins. Isaiah 58, 1. This verse is telling of how Isaiah called out the religious who were worshipped God with their hands, but not with their hearts. John and Peter did the same thing in Acts and were in prison for it. The Pharisees asked each other, What shall we do to these men? For they, indeed, a notable miracle hath been done by them, is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem. And we can't deny it. But that it spread no further among the people, let us straightly threaten them that they... Sorry. I'm glad that wasn't an audible burp. That would have been bad. Would have felt so awful. Okay. But it spread no further among the people. Let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man, no man in this name. And they called unto them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of the Lord to hearken unto you more than unto God. Judge ye, for we cannot but speak the things we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding nothing they can punish them with. Because of the people, for all men glorified God for that which was done. Acts 4, 16-21 To us, the same thing applies. As Bible-believing Christians, we need to speak out against the world who unknowingly live in sin, actively deny God, or say they know Christ, but then dwell in sin. There are plenty of people actively trying to implement non-biblical teachings, even satanic principles, into our society. How can those who don't know Jesus stand up for biblical principles if they don't know them? Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Romans 12:21. In Romans 8, we're promised victory. We have the unlimited power of God behind us. And as Uncle Ben says, and with great power comes great responsibility. Yep, that was a Spider-Man reference, and I don't regret it. I like, I had to put it in there. But it's true. We have the King of Kings standing in our corner. So why should we fear the evil of this world? Number three, it is our responsibility to live like Jesus. Notice in the first verse it says the Greeks simply wanted to see Jesus. But as we see in verses 24 to 26, Jesus wanted them to follow him. Luke 9, 23, And he said unto them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and pick up his cross daily and follow me. If you're born again, think about your life when you knew of Jesus compared to now that you know Jesus. Think about the difference between a religion with Jesus compared to a relationship with Jesus. And if you're not born again, it's so simple. It costs nothing, but you have everything to gain. All you have to do is know in your heart that you're a sinner and that it takes Jesus to get to heaven. He is the only one who can take the penalty of sin, which is hell, away from you because he is God. He has already paid the price. You just have to invite him into your heart. Salvation is of grace through faith. Faith. Everything needed to save your soul has already been done by Jesus on the cross. When Jesus was on earth, he wanted people to follow him, not just see him. He came to earth, lived a perfect life, and then died to glorify God and to save us from our sins. 
He is still with us today. He is the Word. And once saved, He is in our hearts, meaning it is our responsibility to follow the Word and being the voice for Christ, living like Him and sharing the Gospel. If you don't live like Christ, you can't share the Gospel because you'll be seen as a hypocrite. All these things go hand in hand. And if you fall short in one, the other two are let down. That's why it's important to try to grow in your faith and to try to grow spiritually. Oh, this is what happens when I improvise. I lose my spot. <laughs> this world and the people of it are held captive by sin. Like anything else in life, Jesus is the key to set them free. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we also shall live with him. Romans 6, 7. And with the prayer, PJ will dismiss you. I'm skedaddling. I'm taking this. after just the opportunity to hear the gospel like that, I'd love to also give you the opportunity to respond to the message. Uh, Danny's coming. And uh, just to play and just to, uh, I mean, because really the thing about preaching is uh, that Blake wasn't up here trying to do a song and dance and entertain and all that. He was up here trying to share the word of God. And the thing about preaching the word of God is that God's word ultimately kind of brings you to a place to make a decision. And the, there was a there's a level of uh, simplicity, but really there's an incredible amount of depth in that simplicity that was preached. That's what we just preach all the time, man. It starts with number one, man. Wouldn't you like to know Jesus? I mean, come on. People lost in religion, people lost in dead works, man. You can know Christ. You can have a real relationship. Uh, man, I'm not interested in just trying to keep some set of rules and hopefully appease God or or appease grandma for that matter, right? That's what it is for a lot of people. Appease the family. Man, wouldn't you like to know the Lord, the creator of the universe? Jesus paid the price. That's what Blake said. So if you don't know Christ today, man, listen, you can know him. Wouldn't you like to know him? If, you, if, you, if, you, if you'd like to know him, I mean, the Bible says today's the day of salvation. He has his hand outstretched. You're not here by accident. Uh, you say, oh, no, I'm here for this or that. But no, no, listen, if you don't know Christ, I promise you, you're here because Jesus, he went to the cross for you. He died there. He rose again for you. And he doesn't intend to just let you die and spend an eternity in hell without him. He doesn't intend just to sit by while you continue to live a, a life that's less than what he has planned for you. He wants, to, he wants you to know him if you don't know him. Then for those of us that do know him, are we sharing him? Are we telling other people about him? You know, are we, are we growing in the word? Are we, uh, you know, telling others about Jesus? Are we loving others? Are we serving one another in the church? Uh, man, Lord help us tonight. Let's, let's pray and we'll let these that, that need to pray, pray. But uh, we're in no rush tonight. Lord, I thank you so much for the word of God. I thank you for the spirit of God. I thank you for the call of God. I thank you, dear God, for Blake being willing to be your vessel tonight, God, just to a vessel of honor just to be able to carry the great treasure of the gospel, the great treasure of your truth. And Lord, I pray that right now in this very moment, Lord, if there's someone here that's not saved, and Lord, you've stirred their hearts today, 
God, I pray that right now in this moment, you'll help them to humble their hearts and right where they are, dear Lord, bow, not just bow their heads, but truly bow their hearts before you and acknowledge the fact that truly before you, they truly are a sinner like we all are. We've all sinned. And to pray a prayer something like this, dear Lord, I admit to you right now that I'm a sinner in need of salvation. And in this moment, Jesus, I'm choosing to trust you and you alone. I believe in you and the work that you did on the cross. And Lord, I put my faith in you and ask you to forgive me and to come into my life and be my savior. And Lord, with a prayer like that, God, someone can know what it means to truly be saved. Lord, I pray, God, if there's somebody here that's gotten away from you, Lord, they've got let sin get in the way. They've lost that joy. They've lost peace. They went off in this world seeking it, but, Lord, maybe they're not finding it. God, I pray, God, that you help them to find peace in you. God, for that person that's just trusting in religion, for that person that's just, Lord, got distracted and maybe discouraged by the, by the challenges of this life, be with them, dear Lord, I pray, and work as only you can, and I pray you'll be glorified in it all. Amen, amen. Listen, before we dismiss, I'm going to ask.